Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. That team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Steve Rosenblum. There was a keg stand. I lost to an 81-year-old lady. She got off the <laughs> main floor, and then, and, but I was, it was really close. Mark Grody. I've been waiting to get a hold of this guy for years. Yeah, like they're, like Channel 2 News is out there interviewing people. Yeah, I've been talking to my wife about getting Steve. He wants connected my dots and more to my plate. I'm going to dunk his ass. They suck, so you don't have to. Can't you morons do anything right? Founding members of the WB Club. Smoke weed every day. The three words that describe this show, and I quote. Stink. Stank. Stunk. It's Saturday Suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Time to call. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Time to call roll. Les Grobstein. It sucks and it freebases. John Cooper. If I think something sucks, I'll tell you it sucks. Mike Tomlin. Uh, sucking. Jake Arietta. This sucks. Really, it does. Brian Cashman. I also know that we suck right now. Albert Almora. Damn, Willie, man. Like, do we suck? Chris Rock. I suck so bad, he's to pick me after the white kids. Pat Fitzgerald. Sometimes you gotta embrace the suck. Eloy Jimenez. Hey, you guys not gonna make anyway. You guys are suck. Hey, when when I got traded the next day, oh, welcome to the suck team. Toby. Oh my God, the suck. Random Bears fan. Steph Curry. We suck tonight. Terry Bores. Finally made a list of somebody who thinks he sucks besides I do. Avenue Q. It sucks to be me. It sucks to be me. It sucks to be broken, unemployed, and turning 33. St. John. Sucks to me. Ross Perot. There will be a giant sucking sound going south. Devin McCourty. Sucks to end the season that way. 
Nick Chubb. One of the things that stuck in that stuck to us when, when he came here, he said, you know, you got to embrace the suck. Pat McAfee. There are some commentators that suck out there. Nikolai Ehlers. Uh, yeah, uh, not a fun morning. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, it sucks. Um, Chris Ballard. And now we get we lose these last two games and we just suck. Giannis. We suck. Play bad. They made shots. They played good. They played better than us. Drew Doughty. Thanks for going through this. I know it sucks watching it, but uh, we'll get out there in a sec. Um, Garth Algar. Turn it off, man! Turn it off! It's sucking my will to live! Liam Hendricks. I wouldn't say seeking perfection. It's just mainly trying not to suck. Julie Swika. Man, that sucks. Mark Grody. Bueller. Bueller. Mike Esposito. Here and ready to suck, sir. He is. Look at that. He's here, Grody. Espo's in for Grody, who will be here, but not here now. And Grody was in for Espo, and then we're all in for Matt Spiegel, something like that. How are you, Espo? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing great. I, I have spring football fever after watching uh, Roger Goodell and company for the last two days. And and uh, I know we're going to talk lots about it. And outside, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're in, in Bears mode, my friend. We are. Draft coverage on the scores presented by Amco Transmissions and Total Car Care. Call 1-800-GO-AMCO for the location nearest you. We are the pregame show for the Score Bears NFL Draft Show. That will air right after us at 2 o'clock. 2 to 5.30 with Mully, Olin Krutz, Anthony Heron, and reporting live from Hallis Hall, Mark Grody. Mark Grody will be here. He's not here now. This is his show. He'll be on this show. Mark Grody will be here at 11.20. At noon, we will talk with Mark Wogenrich. He covers Penn State for Fan Nation at SI.com. We will talk about the Bears' second-round pick. We'll talk to him about Jaquan Brisker, the safety they got. And then at 12.20, we will talk with Jim Schwantz, Chicago Bears pregame, postgame host on WBBM AM 780. And the uh, mayor of Palatine and the former Super Bowl winner with the Cowboys and a special teamers. And that's what the Bears took in the third round. They took a special teamer who might be a receiver. And what? So what did you? Here's what I thought. Here's what I thought, Espo. Here's what I what they did on Friday was this. They told us that Ryan Poles loves his coach. The one he hired a lot more than the quarterback, the one he got stuck with. Now, I know there's free agency remaining after today's draft, and you still got a lousy, lousy offensive line. You got a turnover-prone quarterback. And I don't know what to make of this whole thing. If the if the season is about evaluating Justin Fields and you got a rolling tollway of an offensive line in front of him and you have a sixth receiver you just drafted who's maybe mm-hmm. second or third on the draft chart. And mm-hmm. what what are you doing here? How much could – what could they get for Justin Fields in a trade and who are next year's top quarterbacks? That's where I'm wondering. That's well, what I'm wondering. That's where I am. And, and I, I had zero problem with the Kyler Gordon pick. Uh, I expected corner. We all expected corner. They desperately needed a corner. And by all accounts, he's a good fit. He's a good player. 
He will start immediately opposite Jalen Johnson. Uh, so zero problem with that. We will talk more about Kyler Gordon, of course, throughout the show. And I'm not saying I don't like Brisker as a player. Again, by all accounts, and if you read you know, the draft guys and if you read the draft prep and you know his positives, his negatives, et cetera, he will also come in and be an immediate starter before or beside Eddie Jackson. So you, you've put two new starters into your extremely weak secondary from last year, which is a good thing. But my my difficulty, and again, I am I am no draft expert, but you know where the holes are in this team. You mentioned Justin Fields. We know the offensive line needs help. We still haven't, uh, as a as a Bears, uh, the Bears organization has still not addressed the offensive line. Now maybe, and we won't know this until they actually start practicing and start camp. Maybe they think Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum are their tackles. I don't know that. You know, that that could very well be. Wide receiver. At last check, uh, we have uh, Darnell Mooney. And I think that may be it. I, I, I am <laughs> I'm exaggerating, of course. Donuts in the parking lot getting, getting arrested. Pringle. Yeah. We Here have. Pringle. He's been eating Pringles, too, while he's doing yes. donuts in the parking lot. Well, we have Equanimous St. Brown, uh, right. who... Played for uh, Luke Getze up in Green Bay. Uh, his his little brother, Amon Ra St. Brown, had a great year in Detroit last year. But Equiminius St. Brown has always kind of just been the fourth receiver for the Packers, right? Or the fifth receiver for the Packers. Um, that's about it. You still have not another wide receiver. And here's where, and again, I have nothing uh, personal to say about the brisker uh, talent or what he brings to the defense. But I'm just going to read the receivers. Uh, this is completely uh, random. Uh, that were picked after Brisker was picked in the second round. There was Tyquan Thornton out of Baylor, which New England traded up to get. George Pickens. I know there was a lot of talk about George Pickens. Uh, I know Friday afternoon, Speegs and Grody were talking about him. He's the Georgia guy who had a torn ACL, uh, but is a, a, a potential wide receiver one, right? Pittsburgh took him three slots. After the Bears took Brisker, Sky Moore, who I know everyone loves and everyone's already saying he's going to be the next Tyree Kill. He was taken five picks by the Chiefs after the Bears took Brisker. Uh, that is just the the my immediate thought is, boy, I sure would have liked one of those guys. And now that they've taken Jones. And I, I, I can't, again, say that I know that Jones is not going to be a good player, but from. Everything you've read, he certainly does not seem like a come-in-and-start-day-one guy, does he? Uh, he might on this receiving core. What else do you have? And well, I, that, there you that go. That tells you what it is. It was The interesting thing about Bayless Jones, if you read Din Brugler's Beast, the draft guide on The Athletic, mm-hmm. he had him as a fifth or sixth-round talent, that, a fifth or sixth-round pick, and the Bears took him in the third round. And what they what they kind of got was they split the difference between Debo Samuel and Devin Hester. And Greg Gabriel was making the comparison. He was there when Devin Hester was drafted. And he was looking at, look, this guy, we know what he can do. He's a positionless guy. There are certain things that Bayless Jones Jr. brings. And one of those is to be Debo Samuel Jr., Devin Hester Jr., affect the game that way. He's got problem mm-hmm. running routes. I mean, he's 5'11", 204, and he runs a he, – he's all speed, 4.31, 40. But I don't – here's 
I hate the 40 for this reason. Nobody gets to run a straight 40 in the NFL. You're going to get press coverage. You're going to get hit. It's how fast do you play the game. And one of the things they really love about Kyler Gordon is he plays the game faster than he runs or that yep. his combine speed showed. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. I'll, I'll take that. And the Bears were thrilled that he ran, that he timed badly, Kyler Gordon I'm, I'm talking about now, so that he could fall to them. And that's who they wanted. They got a corner. They got to say they they got positions they needed. There were very few positions they don't need. But but Velas Jones will affect the probably affect the Bears more closer to Devin Hester than Debo Samuel. He's got yep. he's got great gimmick speed. So jet sweeps if you can get him the ball quickly and let him run into open field. The thing about him is as a former running back. He's used to yards after contact. We'll talk to Mark Grody about that. Mark made a point about his yak. Yak. We love his mm-hmm. yak. Yep. Yards after contact. And that's terrific. One of the knocks on him, one of the weaknesses, one of the criticisms is that he <clears throat> comes out of breaks, he approaches tacklers, he goes downfield like a running back and not a receiver with all that speed. But the speed is there, and some way or another, it's going to help the Bears. But how can you accurately judge Justin Fields? And it sure seems to me that that I, I have not heard Ryan Poles go crazy over Justin Fields. I've heard him take a very measured approach. And he certainly loves the coach he hired. And that's going to have a greater chance to succeed but I, I don't, I don't know that you, you're putting your quarterback in a position to succeed. So what is he really worth to you? And maybe they just, maybe that's telling us what they think of Justin Fields. Okay, he's not reaching. Ryan Poles is not reaching for stuff to, to. We're not going to take a, a, a fifth round pick in the second round of, on the offensive line just because we need that. Okay, that's fine. But at some point, your quarterback still has to be protected before he gets hurt. I, I just don't know where this goes. I know there's free agency left. There's guys on the street. Yep. I'm not sure where it goes, but you're you're not you're not getting the best opportunity to see Justin Fields, which I think this year's all about this rebuild, non rebuild year. And and that's a problem with with Ryan Fields Ryan Poles not admitting what this really is. It's it, it bothers me a lot. We, we've got far too many Ryans floating around here. We've got yes, we've we got do. Ryan Pace. We've got Ryan Poles. Now we've got Ryan Fields quarterbacking the team. We've got we've got yeah, lots going right. on. Right, something no, like that and, where everybody's Ryan. I I and and several things. Number one, I forgot to mention Alec Pierce, who was drafted between Pickens and Sky Moore. So there was a Pittsburgh Colts Chiefs run on wide receivers right after the Bears picked, and the Patriots were right ahead of that too. So that's what I'm going to be interested to watch. And again, nothing against against Brisker, the player. But when you look at what the Bears have and need, it's and I don't want to minimize safeties, but I think you can always find a safety, right? If you have a chance to have a wide receiver that's going to be a big impact wide receiver for your team this year and beyond, I would think that would have been a good place to take him. Uh, obviously, uh, Ryan Poles thought differently. And the other thing, and I agree with you, so I, I see the Eberflus influence here, right? I mean, your first two picks are defense. Your new coach is defense, and uh, I think... They realize this is not going to be a quick turnaround. 
Number two is that, um, you know, you, you, you are stating without stating, this is a big job. We only have so many picks. We're going to take the best player available and, and we'll fill in the rest as we can. That, that is kind of my, you know, very armchair quarterback, uh, take after watching, uh, those back-to-back second round picks and then the third round pick. And, and we'll see how, how Jones, uh, pans out, you know, we'll see if he can be Debo or not. We'll see. We'll ask Grody. Grody knows. We will. We will. We will do that after this. So the 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 NFL draft is into its last day. Round four is going on. The Bears do not pick until round five unless they trade into the fourth round. So in round five, they'll have two picks, 148 and 150. In round six, 186. Those are their picks. That's Those are the number of picks they started with today. We're going to go up to Hallis Hall and see what's going on up there. And we will talk with... Mark Grody, who's on this show, uh, although he's not on this show now, but he will be on this show. We're broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Our tech zone, 312-644-6767. Brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com. It's Saturday suckage. Mike Esposito's in for Grody, who was in for Esposito. So, you know, it all seems to work out in the end, and we're just back to where we are, wondering what the Bears quarterback is. I'm Steve Rosenblum, Saturday Suckage. We suck so you don't have to. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Hear that, Espo? Big voice. I guys. hear it. Saturday we have a liner. It's a liner. We have one. Saturday Suckage, yeah. That's right. Nobody important's listening, I know. It was just, that just got snuck through. Welcome and welcome back. Saturday Sunday, <laughs> Steve Rosenblum, Mike Esposito with you. We have some breaking news. Breaking news on the scores brought to you by Beat the Streak Podcast. Get an inside edge on how to win the $5.6 million prize every day this baseball season. Listen on Odyssey or wherever you get your podcast. The breaking news is this. The Bears made a trade. They made a trade with the Chargers about the involving the trade they made before involving Khalil Mack. So the 2023 six-round pick they got from the Chargers, they gave it back to the Chargers in exchange for two seventh-round picks this year. So the Bears picked up two more picks this year in this year's draft. So at this point, they're picking two twice in round five, 148-150. They're picking once in round six and twice in round seven. So they're picking up whatever bodies they can find. And do we have they, Caesar? Do we have Mark Rohde somewhere around here? We are efforting Mark Rohde uh, up We're at Hallis. I'm Mark sure Rody. he's, yeah. Well, and, and you know what? I Polls had talked about trying to accumulate picks. We've all heard many times about because of the COVID year and because guys got to stay an extra year if they so chose how deep this draft was. So... You're basically uh, forsaking that sixth for next year, but you're going to get two more draftees this year in what is, by all accounts, one of the deepest drafts in recent memory. So they must have ideas and targets and position players and hopefully some uh, areas of need to fill, and they think they can do that even in the seventh round of this year's draft because otherwise, you know, uh, the trade of Palooza that was the previous regime, you know, the first... The first round pick went for Fields. The fourth went, I don't even know what, remember, I don't have it in front of me, but it might have been part of the Fields thing as well. But, uh, 
You had only six picks coming into this, and now you have eight. We're going to go up to Hallis Hall, where we're going to talk to Mark Grody. Hallis Hall is a scene of action. There's deals. There, there's there's players that are showing up. New bears. So, Mark, welcome to the show. It's your show. You're on that show. What did you think of what the Bears did yesterday and then today? Yeah, I guess starting with yesterday, guys, I thought that the the two second round picks they they fell to me they fell in the classic category of best players available the, those certainly couldn't have been the the most needed positions on the team while they did need those spots i think we all know that that every year the, the <laughs> what the bears need is a better offense and this year is in in particular no exception but I think they did get a couple of really good products in the cornerback, Kyler Gordon, out of Washington. And as we remember, the Bears got a, a very good second-round cornerback in 2020 in Jalen Johnson. It was a similar scenario because the, the Bears were very pleased that Jalen Johnson fell to them in the second round, and he was considered Jalen Johnson a first-round talent, if not for a shoulder injury. And I think that there is a, a similar scenario with Kyler Gordon, that the Bears thought that it was possible he would get picked in the first round. The the knock against him is his his 40 time, you know, a 4-5-40. But, you know, they, this is you know quickness and lateral movement and short space movement, probably more important for Kyler Gordon, except for those blast routes by the speedy wide receivers. So I like, I mean, I, I like the Kyler Gordon pick and, uh, you know, Jaquan Brisker, the, the, the second round safety seems to check all the boxes for a guy who could potentially be a starter with Eddie Jackson or compete with somebody for that gig. And, uh, you know, he, he checks the boxes that he's good in coverage and he's one of the he's a physical uh, safety, which we know Eddie Jackson has struggled to be at times that Eddie Jackson prefers to be the guy who knocks the ball out of your hands or go for the interception. Brisker is a guy who will do those things, but he also had 64 tackles last year as a as a senior. So, yeah, I think that those two picks were, were sound. And then they finally get their wide receiver and Valus Jones Jr. out of Tennessee in the third round. I like his ruggedness. I mean, usually you don't see a guy with 4-3-1 speed who also has the ability to, you know, make big yardage after contact. He had 267 uh, receiving yards after contact last year. So I think that's a unique skill set. Uh, and we'll see how he does at the at the next level. Um, and certainly has had plenty of experience playing both for USC and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we all know that we made a big deal out of the fact that he turns 25 in May. So so all good, except for the fact that, you know, the, the no offensive line taken. They still need defensive line. And I guess that brings us to today. And you guys asking me about my reaction to the trade that you guys just pointed out and that that the Bears have made to multiply picks. This is what we've been waiting for. Ryan Poles essentially has told us since he got here when asked about the draft that the idea would be to get more picks, and he just did that. It's a crapshoot when you get to the seventh round. Um, sometimes those guys work out. Sometimes they don't. You know, I, I think of Javon Wims, who was, you know, he was here for a few years, never really made a big impact, had some pretty 
pretty crucial penalties. Um, you know, Pigs, Pig Simmons and Arlington Hambright have contributed on and off for the Bears. They were seventh-round picks. But to to be clear, the, the Bears now have to reset for you guys two fifth-round picks today, a sixth-round pick, and the two seventh-round picks. So that's, that is what is all done. It'll be very interesting to see what they do today. Yeah, so they have five more picks, and I was just telling Rosie, you know, you've read a ton, and I'm sure you you know all this, right? The COVID year has allowed kids to stay in school longer, so um, you definitely have more depth, I think, in this in this draft. So Poles must obviously be banking on that, as he just traded for two sevens. He gave up next year's six. But, A, there's an immediate need for players here, right? I mean, you need bodies. You have a lot of holes. He's obviously identified uh, depth. Uh, players uh, that he thinks he can get in that round uh, to fill those. Uh, I wanted to ask you, and this was, I have uh, nothing against Brisker as a player. I think he will be a great fit in the Bears secondary. By all accounts, he's a smart player. He's a leader. He's he's everything you want back there. So this has nothing to do with him. Uh, I, I just ran down for Rosie the wide receivers that were taken right after Brisker was, was picked. There were four of them, including several that... Uh, a lot of people were talking about for the Bears. I think that's my only difficulty with the pick is if you were going to try to help Justin Fields and this offense, you would have gone with one of those receivers or potentially an offensive lineman. What, what, what do you think about that? I think that most of or a lot of the, the seriously impact potential game-changing receivers went on day one. That's the vibe that I'm getting from scouts and general managers. And certainly if one of those guys, Espo, that you just mentioned, had been somebody that they in their own mock drafts, the Bears' own mock drafts, had circled and said, yeah, this guy could make a difference on our offense. This is a guy who is going to change the field for the Bears. I think they would have taken them. I think that they would have taken that player. But I think that, I mean, you, you, we saw, you know, six wide receivers taken in the first round, and we saw, you know, uh, you know it, it became very aggressive in that regard because we have seen how wide receivers can change things and make things better immediately. We saw that with Cincinnati last year and Jamar Chase. So if one of those guys had, had been, could be, or they thought would be impactful in the second round, I think that they would have gone out and snagged one of those guys um, yeah, I didn't. I, the 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 Valus Jones Jr. pick. I did not see that coming. That was not somebody that I had on my radar, and I didn't see him on a lot of people's radars. But he he does have the speed, and if he can, you know, get open at this level, that's an interesting combination with Darnell Mooney, who who we know is is really fast as well. I, I think Valus Jones Jr. a a step faster. I don't know what the, what they have in mind for him if he if he is a guy that's a day one starter or where they continue to augment and what they do with some of these other picks today he's mark grody he's at hallett hall we're talking about the nfl draft and the bears version of it they continue to finish it out today draft coverage on the score is presented by amco transmissions and total car care call 1-800-GO-AMCO for the location nearest you and we're the warm-up show we're the pregame show before the score, Bears NFL Draft Show, that'll air right after us from 2 to 5.30 with Mully, Olin Krutz, Anthony Heron, and the very same Mark Grody reporting live from Hallis Hall with even more seventh-round picks to worry about. So if we are, <laughs> if we are looking at 
what the Bears have done, and it's early and there's free agency to go, and Bayless Jones seems more of a junior Devin Hester and maybe a junior Debo Samuel than he does somebody who, you know, day one starter right there, like we talked about, then where does this leave at Justin Fields? <laughs> and the evaluation well, of him and what, what does this season revolve around him? And and we we have an awful lot in free agency. I just want to know, you know, where I'm not saying blue sky. I'm not saying sky more. I'm just saying where where does this go? What needs to happen now? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because you you, you would think in theory that you you're not going to get a game changing offensive receiver at this point, whether it is a receiver or a tight end with two fifths, a sixth, and a couple of sevens. You just you probably. Not going to get that. What I thought was interesting to answer this question is what Ryan Pohl said, and he has indicated this before with his with his actions and his words, that the roster that he inherited, in his opinion, was a disaster, because he said that they're going to they're not going to be able to get it all done in one year. He said that they're going to continue to chip away. If that doesn't say rebuild, and I know we're not supposed mm-hmm. to say that word, but if that doesn't say rebuild, <laughs> even use the word chipping away. So I think that that that's his way of saying, look, this this year is going to be a year in which they are not necessarily expecting to have a fantastic year. And that they obviously have seen issues on the defense, just like they have on the offense. And it's symbolic of the way they've treated Justin Fields since they've gotten here. It's been a very neutral tone with Justin Fields. They haven't said anything bad about him, certainly. They've actually said more nice things about him than anything. I mean, they haven't said anything bad about him, actually. But they have sort of treated him the same way they have treated every player on this team. It's fresh grass for, for everybody out here. And we're going to see what you can do. And you're damn right. We're going to try to put good players around everybody, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to start with, with Justin Fields. So I think it's just more evidence of that dirty word rebuild, that this is a, a tear it down, build it back up. And as he said, we're chipping away. Um, I, and, I, I, who is he? This seems delusional. And why why would he throw his credibility into the, the the chipper? Is that your credibility in the trip in the chipper there? Why would he throw his credibility into the chipper this early if he can't say rebuild? The the Bears already made money this season. You do that just with TV contracts. Right. You're probably not worried about selling tickets. You're not. If if football mattered, George wouldn't be in charge and Ted wouldn't be there either. So obviously the football doesn't matter. Why are you afraid to... And you're playing Bears fans for stupid. Mike, Mark, Mark, what you're saying, you're connecting the dots. Did you realize this, Mark? You're connecting oh, I, the dots. I feel honored to be connecting the dots. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> and you did this, and here we are, and Ryan Pohl seems to be the only one who can't utter it, and you're, and Bears fans know better. So I know. No, I know. I, know. I, I think... I think fans are better suited in this day and age to stomach the word rebuild because sometimes rebuilds can be exciting that you can get down with young players and you can kind of play along with the GM. But 
it's still not a word that most presidents of organizations or general managers of organizations in this case use that it is not like while we've come a long way with that word rebuild it's not completely there and i don't know maybe it's not something that is palatable to to ryan poles bosses maybe george mccaskey doesn't want to hear the word rebuild and that it, it's kind of like what i said on the radio the other day was Ryan Poles knows that we know that it's a rebuild. So, but he just can't <laughs> right. say it. You know that we know. We know that it's, that it's, it's a, right, right. That oh it's a, that it's a rebuild. It's kind of a wink. And and he even said he even said that's a really tricky situation. Or that's I, don't, I can't remember the exact verbiage that he used. But it was it was something in that in that realm of come on guys you know I'm not gonna say the word but you can all see what we're doing then I know he used the the home show analogy as well where they tear down homes and rebuild them and refurbish them so mm-hmm. whatever word you want to use is just fine but we're just not there completely yet. as far as we have come in this sports world of of going with the idea that it's just a rebuild and your team might stink for a year. We're not completely there yet. And to some degree, I understand that. Yeah, no. And, and Mark, I, I think it's unfair for us as, as bears watchers and bears fans to sit there and say, Oh, it's going to be like, and I'm, I'm picking Mahomes cause he's the easiest example year two of Pat Mahomes, where he's going to come out and be, you know, the best player in the, uh, in the league and blah, blah, blah. The bears are so far away right now that, they're nowhere close to, you know, and I'm comparing teams, the Chiefs were in Mahomes' second year, or even where the Bears were competitively in Trubisky's second year, which I know was why uh, people were so upset with how he performed there, uh, or the Bears' offense performed. But, you know, even if you surround fields with all of these offensive weapons, you're still not likely a contender, correct? I mean, I think that's what well, Bills is basically saying, it- right? I, I get. I, I think that there's some truth to that, Mike. But the other part is, like again, not knowing how exactly how they feel about about Justin Fields. It's possible that they think that because they talked about this, that ability of a quarterback to make the jump from year one to year two. Unfortunately, we did not see that with Mitchell Trubisky. It doesn't mean that that won't be the case with Justin Fields. And it is it is possible that they look at Justin Fields and say, yeah, this guy's got it and he can be the one that is going to make players better, that he can get Valus Jones Jr. to another level, that he can get Darnell Mooney to another level, that he can get Cole Komet to another level. If we implement this this Luke Getze game plan that that with Matt Eberflus's defense combined with that. So that that's still the part. That's still the part. Either either Justin Fields is a good quarterback or he is not. And maybe the Bears feel that they'll be able to see that with the great weapons around him or not. Obviously, it helps any quarterback to have those weapons. It works mutually because it makes the quarterback look better. It makes the wide receiver look better. But they are in the process of evaluating Justin Fields. And since we don't know, it is also very possible that, you know, going back to their words, that they do believe in the year one to year two jump. And it, and it, it part of it, too, it can be 
that it's like Justin, we, we will get to you. I like we promise you, we're we're gonna get to you. We're gonna we're gonna do all this, but right now we got to take care of this, this, and this, and then we'll get to that. This is a process. I hate to use that word, but that's what it is. And I think they're all just kind of like again a, a neutral blanket being thrown out to this whole roster. Under the best possible circumstances, the most terrible way to look at this, what they did in the second round was, we felt guys felt to us that we had we had higher round grades on or higher number grades on. And the best, the most terrible way to look at this is they're doing what the Ravens would do. What would the Ravens do? And ha- and that's a franchise that just keeps doing it and doing it and doing it. And they make the right pick. They make the sensible pick and they don't overthink the thing. And what also mirrors what the Ravens are doing prompted Lamar Jackson to tweet out WTF question mark when they traded his best receiver, kind of like Allen Robinson leaving. And then you got, I got who here? What am I doing here? That's Justin Fields. And this is the way that's the mirror. It's not a bad mirror because the Ravens are a spectacular organization that is under the best possible terms, the best possible circumstances. It seems to me that's what they're mirroring. Yeah, you you mean in, when you say that? Do you mean in terms of the the, the, the way the, they're approaching the draft and what they the way they, however they're viewing players and they must look right. Lamar Jackson's already shown he can be that guy you were talking about. They hope, they maybe believe Justin Fields can be in making that leap. We've seen Lamar Jackson do that, and he is he was that guy. And they're taking more away from now. What can you do? See, let's see you try to do it now. But but the way. Ryan Poles went about it. We know we have needs offensively. We need to evaluate the quarterback, but here are two great players, two players yeah, okay. that I see we didn't think would be there. That's right, a very right. Ravens way to approach it. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. And, and the Ravens actually, I think they took a safety in, in their, with their first round pick, incidentally. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think it is because that, that's what I said at the, at the beginning of this conversation, that to me, like my immediate reaction when they picked a cornerback and a safety were not all their, their needs, their needs, but I also believe that that also that's what best player available is because we all know. I mean, we've spent the last couple of weeks, all of us, taught those you know that that been on the air or people that cover the draft, those are right about it, whomever, and the it was very much a a consensus from all the opinion makers. What do the Bears need? Oh, offensive line, offensive line. You got to get a, you got to get a wide receiver, O line, wide receiver. You got to get maybe a maybe a three technique. Oh, well, they do need a cornerback and safety. Those were kind of put in parentheses, but we all knew they needed them, and when those names popped up Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker in the second round it's like okay they're 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 maybe fourth or fifth on our needs list but those are the best damn players available so I I think you and I are agreeing on that Steve that this was just a case of like if you want hey if you want to know the whys the why is the best players available at those positions well, we'll find out if Bayless Jones was the best player available at that position, but we appreciate you joining <laughs> us, Mark. You jump in when the Bears do something, even when they don't. We'll be here till 2 o'clock, and we will we will await whatever Bears picks and trades and news there is. You're at Hallis Hall. We appreciate it. Thanks for jumping on. I'll be here all day, guys. Talk to you later. Don't get yourself locked out of Hallis Hall like you did last <laughs> week, Mark. No, I'm not going to let that happen. Well, I got okay. locked out of my place last week, and I, I know. do have my... 
I have my badge and it is attached to me here at at the hall. <laughs> so I'm able cool. to do anything I I need to do. I, I can maneuver. All right. We're going to Thanks, Mark. We're going to take buddy. a break. When we come back, more we're going to focus on Bayless Jones Jr. because like that is the contro- controversial pick, interesting pick. And you have to go back to 2021 and you have to go back to the bowl games and you have to go back to the scouting report of the senior bowl, which might not mean anything to anybody, but the NFL kind of dictates things. And there's an interesting way that Bayless Jones Jr. came to that game and why he came to the game and who he represents and how he ended up with the Bears. So we'll talk about that. We will hear from the executive director of the senior bowl. Mike Esposito's in for Grody, who was just on this show, but he's not on the show anymore. Espo's on this show. And I'm Steve Rosenblum. Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score. Yes, it is. We have big voice guy telling you who this is. Really Does Marky Mark know? Does Marky Mark either... know that we're using his song for, uh, for this show? Well, either somebody important listened or somebody's pulling a prank. Anyways, we're Saturday Suckage. We're back. Thanks for listening. We, uh, we're talking NFL draft. Draft coverage on the score is presented by Amco Transmissions and Total Car Care. Go, you call 1-800-GO-AMCO for the location nearest you. So, the Bears draft choice, the one that was of most interest to people yesterday, third rounder, Bayless Jones Jr., Listed as a wide receiver, 5'11", 204 pounds, did a lot of damage as a kick returner. Lindsey Rhodes, who has a Sirius XM show, let's go back to last December before the Senior Bowl. And she was talking about Debo Samuel. And the NFL wanted the next Debo Samuel. And that's what they kind of... They kind of give the Senior Bowl recommendations of players they want or types of players they want. The Senior Bowl is is then trying to find them. So therein lies the story of how Bayless Jones Jr. got to the Senior Bowl. Here's Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl. For instance, a guy in this year's class, Bayless Jones from Tennessee. He's a receiver. He's a very good returner. Um, he averaged over 16 a punt this year at Tennessee. Um you know, he's a guy that before the season started, um, Bayless is a hometown mobile guy, like, but he probably wouldn't have been. And I was honest with Bayless when we invited him, like a year ago, you probably wouldn't have been in the game. One, he took a nice jump. Um, but two, the league's looking for guys like that. They're looking for guys that, you know, are strong and powerful and, and good with the ball in their hands. So yeah, it's certainly changed the way we look at what we're doing. We, you know, we're, all our job is, is to get players the NFL wants. And right now, the NFL, everyone wants to find the next Debo Samuel. So, yeah, you're seeing different things stressed at different position groups. So there you go. That's the Maybe the Bears are ahead of the curve in that. They found that guy. This is the kind of guy the NFL wants because of what Debo Samuel did. And the Bears don't have Debo Samuel. And the 49ers, fortunately, aren't trading him to the Packers. Could you imagine that? That would be an ugly thing. So that's it. That's So what do you make of that, Espo? Well, I, I mean, I don't like his lack of receiver production. I mean, over 
How many years of college? He was at USC for four. He sat out the COVID year and then years of college. <laughs> he's Mr. Blutarski of the Bears. Apparently now he's yeah. he's uh, yeah. made it that many years of college. Um, he's actually older. I read this and chuckled as I was reading it. He's older than Darnell Mooney, who is uh, right. a few months younger next, than him. He'll be 25 Correct. next month. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I like the versatility. I like the kick return ability. Um, He's a yak monster. We talked about that off the top of the show. Um, and I read this this morning from uh, it's in Jason Leisure's uh, Sun-Times notebook for the for the draft today uh, from Bears National Scout Sam Somerville, basically saying, listen, he's matured over the years. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, but the more that they saw him, the more they saw him improve. And his combination of speed and size makes it hard uh, for players to tackle him. He has power that a lot of guys don't have, and they loved that about him. So I don't think, and this is completely um, based off of the, the very little I've seen of Tennessee football. We actually had an 815 texter, and we love our 815 listeners, who said uh, that they watch a lot of Tennessee football and that Jones is a good player. So we'll find out. But I don't think that he is a, you know, your opening day starter at wide receiver. I think this is a position you're going to have to address in free agency with maybe a prove it one year veteran type deal. I know those guys are out there. They always are. Uh, but you know, Ryan Pace tried to fill a few slots with that last year and it didn't really work out, did it? So, um, we will see, but I mean, I don't dislike the pick. Let's give him a chance. He certainly sounds like he has great, uh, potential and the Debo Samuel comp is certainly intriguing, but I just I, I it, it doesn't sound like he's going to step in and start immediately, does it? Well, I don't know. Depends if they don't approve their the receiving core. Yes, he will. That's the way it's going to go. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, the Bears selected safety Jaquan Brisker in the second round uh, yesterday, and he told GM Ryan Poles and new head coach Matt Eberflus they got the steal of the draft. Let's find out what the Bears got from someone who covered him at Penn State. After this, on Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 